Today is uh, Easter Sunday, and so we are here today in order, of course, to celebrate the greatest victory that has ever been accomplished. Now, uh, I don't how many of y'all rode, did any of y'all ride the bus over here? How many of y'all rode the bus? A lot of y'all did. Now, as, we, as I got on the bus, somebody said, this is like the Department of Corrections bus. And that made me a little bit nervous because I was wondering if that person had actually had experience riding on that bus. But uh, that was a fun little bus ride. We had a great tour as we were coming over, but that was a lot of fun. Uh, if you have your Bible today, we're going to be looking in Matthew chapter 28, beginning in verse number 1. And uh, really what we're going to be looking at today is we're talking about the resurrection and really how the resurrection brings a lot of, of, lot of opportunities into your life that, beca- that can be absolutely transformative. Now, all of us have specific or we've had various opportunities that have popped up along our way in life's journey. And some of those opportunities you've taken advantage of and maybe some of them you've not taken advantage of. Uh, I know that there are times whenever I've seen some stories about men who missed out on great business opportunities. I, I saw one, of course, I mentioned this to you all just a few Sundays ago, about a guy who had some stock in Apple, and he ended up selling it back in like 1976 for uh, like $1,800. And if he wouldn't have done that, he'd be worth about $60 billion today. I'm sure that is an opportunity that he looks back on and thinks, man, I shouldn't have done that one. Uh, Art Linkletter missed out on the opportunity to buy into Disneyland before it ever started. And he told Walt Disney, said, yeah, I really don't think your plan's going to work. He said for the rest of his life, he said that was one of the dumbest decisions that I've ever made. So sometimes we have opportunities that come our way, we miss out on them. And then sometimes we have opportunities and we take advantage of them. And we think, man, I'm so grateful that I did that. Um, I can think of a couple in my life, I'm sure like you can. I I know that whenever I was in college, I met Emily. And after I met Emily, I took advantage of that opportunity. And because of that, her life has been better ever since. Uh, in, the, in the year 2000, another opportunity that came our way is we really sensed, Emily and I sensed that God was calling us to begin a new work, to start a new church in Northeast Columbia. And that was back in the year 2000. And we took advantage of that opportunity that we feel like God laid on our heart. And I can tell you this, it has been the greatest decision we ever made concerning ministry in all of our lives. Now, my hope is that, like, like me, that, that you have a desire to come to the end of your life and be able to say, I am glad I took advantage of the opportunities that came my way. You know, I, I don't want to be a person who looks back and thinks, I wish I would have done that. Or I regret that I didn't take advantage of that opportunity. I heard a story about playwright George Bernard Shaw and he was playing a game with some friends shortly before he, was, before he died. And somebody asked him, they said, if you could live your life over and be anybody that you wanted to be, who would you choose to be? He said, I would choose to be the man George Bernard Shaw could have been, but never was. Now, folks, today I'm going to share with you a message that I really believe can change your life like no other message. And it is the story of the resurrection of Jesus. And so today in our scripture, we're just going to look in our scripture briefly today, and we're going to see a few ways that the resurrection of Jesus can truly change your life even today. And so in our text, what we're going to see 
is after Jesus' death, there were a few ladies who got together and they were making their way to the tomb of Jesus. They were going there in order to anoint his body with oil and spices. This was a part of the embalming process. Whenever they were going there, they were completely heartbroken. I mean, all of their hopes and dreams had been placed in Jesus, so they went there heartbroken, but whenever they left, they left with joy. Now, there might be some of you today, and you might feel like these ladies as they were on their way to the tomb. You might be heartbroken today. Your hearts might be heavy. You might feel defeated. You might feel like that there's no hope for the future. But I want you to know, because of what took place 2,000 years ago, Easter changes everything. And that's why we're looking in Matthew chapter 28, verse number 1 in a few moments. And, and so my question for you is this. Are, are, do you desire for your life to be different? Do you desire to take advantage of the opportunity that Easter presents to us today? And so what we're going to see is we're going to see some ways that the resurrection can change us. And the very first thing that I see in our text is the resurrection, the way it can change your life, is it can remove fear from your life. The resurrection removes fear. In verse number 1, it says, After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, that would be Sunday morning, it says, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to view the tomb, and suddenly there was a violent earthquake because an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and approached the tomb. He rolled back the stone and was sitting on it, and his appearance was like lightning, and his robe was as white as snow. The guards were so shaken from fear of him that they became like dead men. But the angel told the woman, the women, don't be afraid because I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. Now these ladies are going to the tomb of Jesus. I said they were going there in order to, to embalm his body, to put oil and spices on it. And as they were making that journey there, they are defeated, they are worn out, they are tired, they are heartbroken. And one of the thoughts they had as they were on their way to the tomb was there was a a huge stone would have been rolled over the entrance of the grave of Jesus. It's a cave. And so a huge stone would have been rolled against it. And I'm sure part of their thought process was when we get there, who's going to move that stone for us? It's a heavy stone. Well, whenever they arrived, they didn't have to worry about it. They didn't have to worry about it because it had been moved. And so they arrive at the tomb of Jesus, and there is a guy sitting on top of the stone. And the Bible says that his appearance was like lightning and his garments were as white as snow. Now, I don't know about y'all, but if I saw somebody like that, I think that would get my attention. And so they look up and, and it says that they, when they saw him, they became fearful. Now, now, who was this person? Well, the Bible says that it was an angel. An angel of God had moved the stone. And when the lady saw the angel, it says they became afraid. Now, I've watched shows like Touched by an Angel before. And I I saw Roma Downey, and she looks nice and tame. And I don't think she would make me scared. But if I saw somebody that had the appearance of lightning, and they had clothes as white as snow, that that would cause me to be a little bit nervous. And so what did the angel tell the women? Four very important words. Do not be afraid. 
I believe four of the, of the most important words that you can ever hear in your life from a person who is a servant of God are the words, do not be afraid. You know why? Because I think so many times our lives are racked and paralyzed by fear. They have, basically, the, people just, we live life in a constant state of fear. Uh, Ann Landers, those of you who are old, you remember we actually used to get the newspaper. Uh, they, she had a little advice column in the paper. And she would answer questions that people had. She said she used to receive 10,000 letters a week. She said, but the common denominator in almost all of the letters was fear. So people are just simply afraid. Uh, one of the things that she said, she said, people are afraid of losing their life, losing their health, losing their job, losing their money, losing their marriage. People are afraid of life itself. The ladies in our text, they're scared. Some of you today, you might be fearful. You might be fearful of the future, but our text today lets us know that we don't have to live in fear. We, we can have confidence in this life for a very simple reason. It's the resurrection. Guys, if the resurrection is true, and you are a follower of Jesus, you have nothing to fear. I mean, the biggest fear that people have, you know what it is? is death. But death on this day was conquered. So for us, especially as followers of God, to live in fear is pointless. I mean, can you think of some things in your life that you have been afraid of, but then after you got through it, you thought, why in the world was I ever scared of that? You know, why, why did I have such a fear of that certain event? Now, I'll share with you a sort of a personal story. Uh, a number of years ago, I was, uh, I was diagnosed, as an adult, I was diagnosed with uh, juvenile diabetes. Now, my wife was like, well, that figures. You get a child, you know, childhood disease as an adult. Well, that's what I got. And so I remember whenever I had to, I, so I started having to take shots, insulin shots. Y'all, I am, and it's ironic I would get something where I'd have to use needles because I hate getting shots. And so the first time, I was like, okay, I'm getting ready to eat. I'm supposed to give myself a shot. And I had this needle. And so I, I was like, I'm going to go take a shot first before, uh, before I eat. I went up to the bathroom in our house, and I sat there, and I had this needle out. And, you know, I can't tell you how long I was in there. I sat there, and I looked at my needle, and I thought, how natural is it for a person to purposely stab themselves? I mean, it just made no sense to me. And I'm sitting there, and there's sweat. I mean, I'm pouring in sweat. And Emily's like, hey, are we going to eat dinner? When are you coming down? For over an hour, I sat there, and I would get close. I was like, okay, and I'd pull it away. I was scared to death. And then finally, I realized, you know, that I'm a grown man. You know, I, I need to do this. And so finally, I mean, if the needle is so small. And so I finally, I just, I, you know, I just I reached back, it's like Harry Carey, and just stuck that needle in there. And you know what happened? It didn't hurt. And I, and I thought, this is ridiculous. I spent all this time being fearful when I didn't have to be fearful. Now, there's a lot of us who live life that way. We are fearful when we don't need to be. We are fearful when we are, in fact, living in light of the resurrection of Jesus. And that very first Easter, the angel said, do not be afraid. You know what that means for us today? Because it means everything. You know, no matter what you face, there is a victory. No, no matter what hardship you are going through, no matter how hopeless you might feel, 
Jesus says, I have won. There is nothing that can't be overcome in the name of Jesus because of his victory. Now that is what the resurrection of Jesus can do. Whatever fears you might have, you can know that ultimately Jesus is one. And so that's the first thing I learned, that I see that the resurrection brings to me. It enables me to live without fear. But another way the resurrection can change your life is this. It, it encourages intellectual honesty. And I think that's a surprise to a lot of people. The resurrection encourages honesty, intellectual honesty. In verse number 6, the angel says, He is not here, for he has been resurrected just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead. In fact, he's going ahead of you to Galilee, and you will see him there. Listen, I've told you. So departing quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy, they ran to tell the disciples the news. Now for some people, it is a huge step to say they believe in the resurrection of Jesus. And that, that makes sense to me. And the reason why is because I mean, we've never seen anybody that has died and then come back to life again. And you know, I'm not talking about the one people that, you know, I, I've been, I was dead for 15 minutes. You know, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about, like, dead for days. I mean, it, it, none of us has ever gone to a funeral, and then three days later, you know, Bill comes back and says, hey, you want to go to dinner again? I mean, that does not happen. And so we say, if I'm going to believe in the resurrection of Jesus, then intellectually, I've got to check my brain at the door if I'm actually going to have faith that this happened. But here's what's interesting to me. The Bible lets us know that it's okay for us to investigate the claims of Scripture. It's okay for you to see if Scripture declares truth or not. Now, here's what I notice in our text. The ladies come up to the tomb. Remember, the angel's sitting there on the rock. And the angel, if you'll notice, if you look in your text, the angel did not say, ladies, Jesus has risen from the dead. Now go on your way. That's not what he said. He said, Jesus has risen from the grave. He is not here. And then he said, come and see for yourself. Isn't that neat? You know, the Bible is not a book of tricks. It's not a book where, where God is trying to get us to follow after something that is simply a mirage. What I see in our text is God says, I want you to investigate the truth for yourself. See, God's word is authoritative. We, we don't need to be worried about whether or not what is in Scripture is true or not. You know, like I said before, it's not a magic book that's trying to get you to believe in unbelievable things. Let me share with you facts in history. Facts in history will show you that Jesus of Nazareth was a real man. That he lived. That he was crucified on a cross. And that he was resurrected from the dead. Did you know that there is more historical writings about the life of Jesus than anybody else in all of history? And I'm talking about ancient writings as well. Now, if you're here today and you're skeptical about the resurrection of Jesus, let me share something with you. Jesus invites you, like the women in our text, to come and see for yourself. He wants you to investigate the claims of our faith. Because Jesus has something very simple to tell us. He said in John 14, 6, I am the truth. He has, if you investigate and search 
what you discover is truth. And so if you are truth, then that means you don't have anything to hide. See, God desires for you to live with confidence. There is something powerful that can occur in your life when you live with confidence. It makes life so much more enjoyable and fun when you have confidence about it. Now, let me give you an example of confidence. Um, I was reminded of this uh, with a Holiday Inn Express about how they can provide your life with confidence. And so we have just a little commercial. It's a quick little clip of a commercial. And this is what it means to live with confidence. Reactor 3 is at critical mass. Core temperature still rising. You're going to have to provide more cooling in the containment chamber. Okay. Close the flow channels. Activate the hydrogen recombiners. Do it. Stay smart. Stay at a Holiday Inn Express. That's what confidence does for you. I mean, it doesn't. It does. You sleep at a Holiday Inn Express, your life's good. But, but that's what it does. It doesn't matter who you are. You're educated, uneducated. If you know the truth about Jesus, no matter what circumstance comes your way, you can live in the oblivion of truth. And that's what the resurrection provides for us. So when I look in Scripture, I see, here's how the resurrection changed your life. It removes fear. Would you like to see fear sort of just dissipate from your life? That's what the resurrection does. Uh, The resurrection also encourages intellectual honesty. And And then here's the other thing that I see. Another way the resurrection can change your life is it provides an opportunity for you to meet Jesus. It's a great thing about the resurrection. Now, let let me read to you the final two verses that we'll read today. It says, just then, Jesus met them. He met the ladies at the tomb. He said, good morning. And they came up, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus told them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to leave for Galilee, and they will see me there. I think sometimes we have this idea that God wants to do everything he can to avoid us, to stay away from us. That he doesn't want us to come into contact with him. Now, uh, there might be some of you, maybe you know some people that you would like to avoid and stay away from. Maybe others of you know what it's like for people not to want to be around you. Um, I, as, a, as a pastor, you know, and I've, I've shared this before, but uh, it's, you know, it's always nice to be, you know, to be away and I'll be talking to people and they'll be normal with me and then the, the question inevitably comes up, hey, what do you do for a living? Like, I'm a pastor, and that's where the conversation ends. You know, all of a sudden, all that nice, interesting conversation, it ends, and they're like, well, you know, I, I go to church, and, and then they, you know, they, all, they, they put down their cigarette and say, I don't, my wife gave me these, I don't even smoke. You know, they start <laughs> making up all these excuses. And, uh, and so, you know, I'm like, oh, it's a conversation killer. Uh, I remember in our, the church where I used to serve, this is back in the days when you would go and actually visit people when they came to your church. I, she knew I was coming, and I remember I was with a friend, and I pulled up to her house, the lights were on, I could see the television, and I just see this lady peek out of the curtains, and I'm pulling into her driveway, she shuts the curtains, and I notice the television goes off. As I'm walking to the door, the lights go out. I ring her doorbell, she never comes to the door. Now sometimes we feel like, that is how I feel like when I'm with God. You know, I'm going through these struggles in my life, and I'm calling out to God, and it's like he doesn't want to talk to me. 
It's like he's ignoring me. What's the deal with that? Well, let, let me share something with you. When you look all throughout Scripture, what you discover is God wants you to know him. He's not hiding from you. He's not trying to avoid you. As a matter of fact, I look into verse number 9. Jesus has risen from the dead, and he's the one who goes to the ladies. He walks over to them and says, good morning. He tells them, he says, tell my disciples to go to Galilee, and I will meet them there. And he met them there along with 400 other people. Now you might say, well, then how does Easter give me the opportunity to meet Jesus? It's simple. It's because Jesus rose from the grave. If, if he was still in the grave, we'd never get to meet him. But because he rose from the grave, we have the privilege of one day coming face to face with him. So how do you know that? Because that's what scripture tells me. The scripture tells me that there will be a day when I will see Jesus, when you will see Jesus. That is a promise that comes from God. Now the question is this, how will you see him? Will you see him as your Lord and Savior or will you see him as your judge? Where you stand before him and he says, depart from me for I never knew you. See, let me tell you something. Jesus did not die on a cross and he did not rise from the grave so that you could be eternally separated from him. He did these things to make it possible for you to know him. For you to spend an eternity with him in heaven. You you see, without the resurrection, it is impossible for us to meet Jesus. It's impossible for us to be able to go to heaven. But Jesus went to a cross and he paid price that we might have the opportunity. In Luke 19.10, Jesus said, For the Son of Man came to seek and save what was lost. If you've never met Jesus before, if you've never given him control of your life, I want you to know he is seeking you out right now. That's why there's the resurrection. He wants you. But will you take advantage of that opportunity? The word opportunity is two Latin words that have been put together. Ab portu. And the word has an interesting meaning. The meaning of the word is it's, it's a picture of a boat waiting for the tide to rise so that it can go safely into the harbor. That is the opportunity. Easter is an opportunity for us to ride our lives into the harbor of God's presence, but we have to catch the tide to do so. And that tide is Jesus. Jesus has been presented to us. He gave his life. He rose from the grave. And he can change your life. How can he change us? Remove fear. He encourages intellectual honesty. And he gives you the opportunity to meet himself. Will you take advantage of the opportunity of Easter? Will you take advantage of the opportunity that Jesus presents to you? It's knowing him. It's having life eternal. It's forgiveness. It's experiencing a new life. If you'd like to take advantage of that opportunity, you can today. Now what I'd like for us to do is I'd just like for us to bow our heads and close our eyes as we close out our service today. And I, if you say, you know what, I want to know Jesus I want to know him and his resurrection power. Then I just want to encourage you, you can just simply pray this prayer or something like it after me. Just simply pray, Lord Jesus, today I am giving myself to you. 
Jesus, I am sinful, and I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I believe that you lived, and that you died, and that you rose from the grave. Jesus, save me. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I want to encourage you. You can take your bulletin out. You can fill out that contact form and just check that line. I commit my life to Christ today. And then you tear it out. And as you walk out, our ushers will be holding baskets. And you can drop that slip of paper in that basket. And we we can get you some information in the mail about growing in a walk with Jesus. Now, there might be others of you here today, and you're believers. But even though you're a believer, maybe you feel defeated today. Maybe you feel tired today. You feel like you have needs that are overwhelming. I want to challenge you to do something. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way with nobody looking around. But I say, I'm a person who just simply needs prayer. I'm going to ask you, if you would, if you just slip up your hand. As your hands are raised, I'm going to do something for you. I'm just going to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I, I, you know the hearts of the people in here. God, there are people who have slipped up their hands saying, God, I need prayer. Lord, I pray that in your grace that you will touch each one of these people. Lord, whatever need they have, God, I pray that you will fill it. Lord, whatever fear they might have, Lord, I pray that you will remove it. God, I pray that whatever it is that they are seeking, Lord, that their eyes will turn to you and that they will find confidence in you and find confidence in your resurrecting power. Jesus, I thank you for those who recognize they need you. Lord, fill them today. Jesus, we come together today to celebrate new life, victory over death, and we praise you for that. In Jesus' name I pray.